Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today, we're having that hard conversation about relationships that not everybody wants to have, not everybody wants to look at. And uh, we're going to look at this because I've had a lot of people give me all kinds of excuses as to why they stay in relationships that don't work for them. And also lots of excuses as to why not only do they stay in the relationships, but they choose not to actively create something different. I'm all for staying in a relationship if at the time it's not working for you and you're choosing actively to create something different. Awesome, because you might actually have a chance to make it work. However, if you think you're going to keep on doing the same old, same old, and nothing changes and you keep staying miserable, that might not be your best choice. All right, so we're going to talk about that today. I'm wondering how many people out there listening have either struggled in relationships or marriages and, you know, you feel stuck and you want to know how the heck can you get out? I'm going to be looking at some of the most common reasons why people stay in relationships. And there are, there are about five or six of the really main reasons why people insist that they cannot leave a relationship, or at least they insist to me when they show up why they have to stay in one. And I'm going to give you some tips and tools to get yourself out of those excuses, because if they're just excuses, then just change your mind. But if you truly feel stuck and you need a tool to know, like, well, I'm in this situation and I don't see an out, uh, I hope that I can offer you today some options on how to get yourself out of that stuckness so you can move forward. If I don't bring up any solutions for you that work on the show and you would like some solutions, feel free to connect with me through my website, melitzajelenic.com. So that's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. You can book a time with me. You can go to my book now link on my uh, website and you can book a time so that we can look at what could work for you. So these are not... These are kind of, I'm just going to be giving you general solutions. There are definitely more specified solutions to different situations. Um, but I have to tell you, there's always a solution. No matter what position you're in, there's always a way. Uh, even if you think you're trapped because you're physically trapped. If you're physically trapped and you have a way of listening to this show, then you're not actually trapped because there's a little bit of freedom going on for you. So if you have even that one speck of freedom, there's hope. So we're going to look at that today. We're looking at these as relationships that are had at one time been consensual. You might feel like you're trapped in them now, but um, we're not talking about uh, captor kind of situations here, right? And if you feel like you've been held captive in a way, 
and you feel like you know you're in a relationship with a captor that's a very different experience but i highly encourage you to find um i will give you some ideas today on how to get out of that sort of thing however um not always easy and not always the um and you might not always feel safe in making these decisions, but there are generally in every town, city, uh, area of the world, there are safe houses to get out and there are generally places. And now if you truly know nobody um, and you truly have no money, sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes just hitting the streets for a few days is better than being in abuse. I know that sounds dire. However, um, sometimes nothing is better than abuse. Anyway, that's just my interesting take on it. So today we're gonna look at uh, some of the key reasons why people stay in relationships that are unhappy. And one of them is um, that I hear the most of is about financial security. It's like people are like, I can't leave because our money is tied together. We own a business together, our money and our business, uh, we have no separate bank accounts, everything is tied together. First things first, on those circumstances, and I've heard this with quite a few people, um, and I have a friend who's currently going through a divorce, and uh, she had all her bank accounts tied in with her husband, and the first thing I said to her was, get your own bank account, and that really upset her ex-husband. Anyhow, get your own bank account. I have several bank accounts. I, I encourage you to have money in all kinds of different places. You never know if your bank will get shut down for one. <laughs> but also um, having only one resource and outlet for your finances. And if that resource and outlet is something that's shared all the time uh, and you've only got the one, then you may feel very stuck that everything is shared. So having your own both partners in the relationship to have their own little financial security is ideal. Uh, I learned that one from my great grandmother. She was amazing. <laughs> so my great grandmother, I got a great backstory for this. So my great grandmother uh, stayed married to my grandfather to, till he died. And he was, he was a cool guy, but she had some reasons why she actually had her own account. Um, so it wasn't about divorce, but she was an inspiration for this. So her own bank account was, it, it was started way before this story that I'm going to tell you. So my great grandmother uh, was born in 1896. She was married in, I think it was 1914. She had her first kid. She was 17 or 18 when she had her first kid. Uh, and she lived till 2002. So she was 106 when she died. So I love her wisdoms and I love sharing them. And she was the one I, I talked about wisdom about grief. Uh, her wisdom about grief was great. So in this particular story about money, what my great grandmother did was she put away money. So my great grandfather smoked cigarettes and my great grandmother did not. And every time my great grandfather bought cigarettes, my great grandmother invested in herself and took the same amount of money and stashed it. And after several years, she stashed enough money to go on a European vacation in the 1950s, all out full summer European vacation, all around uh, Europe. They were doing the whirlwind European tour. So she had collected all this money, saved it. And she said to her husband, I'm going to Europe next year. And he said, what, when are we leaving? And she said, you're not coming with me. You spent all your money on cigarettes. I'm going on my own. 
And he was like, well, how long would it take me to have the money if I, if I, um, if I started saving? Maybe it was the 60s. Anyway, it was the 50s or 60s when they went on this European grand tour. And she told him that it would take a year or two for him to save and that if he stopped smoking cigarettes, that she would take that money and save it just like she did for herself. And so she made him an account too for travel. Uh, and they did end up going to Europe together. But I love that because she was determined to have what she wanted for herself, whether he was coming or not. She was a wild one. So she was going to have that money. She was going to have that vacation. And she was not going to have any excuses of, oh, I got away from my husband. Oh, my husband smoked all the cigarette money. Well, no, she was having none of that. She was like, she took no prisoners. I like, loved her so much. She was so funny. Absolutely took no prisoners. I was 27 when she passed away. I knew her very well. Um, and I know that I was her favorite great-granddaughter, um, bar none. So any other cousins listening, I was the favorite. So she she was quite uh, she was quite a character. And I think she, to me, was one of the greatest uh, lessons in honor yourself. Number one, honor yourself in a relationship. If you desire something, have it. Do not make the excuse that you collectively don't have the money or you've only got one bank account. My great grandpa had no idea she was saving this money. He was so oblivious to the finances in the, in the house that he had no idea what she was doing. They never in their lives lived on credit. Well, for one thing, credit didn't really exist uh, at the time. And when credit did start to exist, it was like, um, you know, bank loans and such, but you would really only get them for a house or a car. But even then, they never operated on that. They were uh, they were those like people who lived by and swore by you. If you have the money, you buy it. If you don't, you don't. And um, she was the most frugal human being alive. And when she wanted something, she had it. So she wasn't that she was frugal and and um, was you know, lived a boring life. She was frugal in that she was like, well, that underwear is very expensive. I'd rather have this one or not at all. And I will save my money for the things I truly want and desire. Um, and I, I think she's a great lesson in that. So she's the one who taught me all about how always have your own bank account money. She never had to say it out loud. It was just her example. Her example trickled on to her kids as well. So my grandmother always had her own bank account as well. My grandfather actually paid my grandmother to be, um, to, to my, so my grandfather was a doctor and uh, he paid my grandmother a salary as a, um, I believe she was paid as like a nanny housekeeper, that sort of thing. So she got a yearly salary for doing her job as a wife. And I, think that's effing brilliant so for those people who are staying at home and there's you know they're like well I never worked my whole life because I was the stay-at-home mom haha <laughs> renegotiate so all that value that you would have had to pay nannies caretakers housekeepers if you needed them or whatever to look after your kids if your partner truly honors you they will put some money aside to help you out. Now, if it's truly financially a stress, then you don't start with a lot of that money. You start with a little bit, even 30 or $40 a month can, can give a sense of value and impact. But if you were to truly honor it, so like my grandmother in the 1990s, say when my grandpa was retiring, maybe 1980s, he retired, she was still making an income from, uh, him. And because she had an income, she ended up having 
uh, what's it called? Like she had better, uh, uh, whatever it's called, uh, like uh, old age pension. She had much better old age pension. Uh, well, she had really good credit too, yes, but she had really good old age pension because she had an income where a lot of housewives don't have the income, so they don't have the C CPP or the um, the pension. So she had, I believe, a pretty decent pension in the end. As at the time she was making about $30,000 a year, which is a pretty decent wage in the 1980s and 90s I, uh, that I remember. So there are ways that you can work this in your relationship. But I think having some of these things set up from the very get-go, having these conversations about finances, number one, is really important. Um, and having your own bank account. And even if you're putting a little bit aside every month to give yourself the sense of freedom, even if you had to run away for two weeks because you just needed a break uh, from, your, from your partner, then you have your, excuse me, you have your own account and they have no, they have no say in that money. So yes, I believe in collective money as well as there's bills and things to that need to be paid collectively, like a business partnership, you both partners need to put the money in and invest in it. Uh, and then each partner in a business partnership also has their own money, right? So if you can look at the money aspect of your relationship as a business transaction in a way, that can make it incredibly helpful. I think people tie it too much into the love part. It's like, but he loved me, so he didn't give me money, or she loved me, so she didn't give me money. No, money is part of the transaction. This is part of like the entire way of having your business, uh, the business of your marriage function better. So have your own cash. Um, it was funny because when I first started uh, dating my husband, he he was like very, he's very, um, he's very different with money than I am. So um, I was always having my own bank account. He was always having, he, we still have our own bank accounts and we have a shared account. But part of the, um, the money stuff with us that was interesting was that when I first got with my husband, he was just like, okay, you needed this, here you go. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a loan. I need to pay you back. He's like, you're not paying me back. I'm investing in our relationship. And I was like, oh, okay. So he like bought me a car in our first year of relationship and, um, you know, was like helping me out do things financially around the house, even before, uh, his name was on title. So he was investing in his future. And I think that to me was like an amazing, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. You, you have assisted me so much. I am, I love this, that you are willing to work with me financially in a totally different way. Um, than any other partner ever had, because uh, a lot of them were, there were ones that were just takers, there were ones that were like, okay, let's split this like down to the penny. Um, but yeah, his generosity has been super helpful um, in looking at uh, money from our uh, business perspective as well. So we do look at it, we have like business meetings, we just had one this morning about finances. <laughs> He just surprises me with them. He's like, all right, business meeting time about money. I'm like, all right, cool. So we have those quite often. And I think they're important because you can get bamboozled in the end if you don't keep track of these things. So have your own money. That's really key. So the next part of this, uh, the next few segments, we're going to look at some of the other very typical issues that are ongoing in relationships that would have you say, I can't leave. And I'm going to give you some quick quick uh, solutions that will start to help you to have a little more sense of freedom. Doesn't mean you're gonna run away today, 
but it does start to give you the door starts to crack open a little so that it can crack open a little bit more so that you can walk on through one and if you need to. All right. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we are talking about, I can't get out, leave my marriage. I can't get out of my marriage because that is what so many people feel and they feel trapped. Uh, if you do feel trapped and you're finding that some of the solutions that I've been coming up with on the show are not quite fitting for you, but you would like some solutions that would fit for you, feel free to connect with me through my website, melitzajelenik.com. So I'm a sex and intimacy coach, but I also work with people uh, through different coaching as well with relationship. And I also do, a holistic, I'm a holistic health practitioner. So I look at the whole body and your whole life and all the different things that are affecting you in your life. When I work with your health, I also ask you about your relationships. So everything is interconnected. So on this next segment, we're talking about one of the other main issues that people will come up with to say, I can't leave my marriage. Children, if there are children involved, children tend to be a really big reason why people will stay, especially in things like abusive relationships or relationships where it's like, it feels loveless. It could be loveless, could be sexless. Sexless and loveless are not the same thing, by the way. Where some people think they are, they are not. Love and sex are not the same. You can love somebody and not have sex with them. You can have sex with somebody and not love them. So they are not the same, although for some reason, people think they are. All right, so children. Children are a factor. So one of the things that some studies have shown is that uh, relationships with 
so if, if, if a child lives in, in a home that has two parents, that's usually uh, something where they say that the children will grow up more functional, they'll have better habits, they'll have better, um, well, for some kids, they even say that it's like they'll have less high-risk behaviors. So is that true? I can't say for certain that's true because I have quite a few friends who came from divorced relationships and a lot of us did not have high-risk behaviors. I would say it was a 50-50 split. So I, I did not really have high-risk behaviors maybe in my 20s when I was like out, out of university. I'd already graduated. I already was out of university. I had two jobs and I was partying, probably partying because I, I was working so much. I needed an outlet to let the stress out, but it was never to the point where I was an, an addict of anything. Um, and I was never to the point where I was um, risking my jobs or anybody else's life or my life. So, so I don't think that that's actually true. Um, and frankly, I think that had my mom stayed in the situation living with my dad, um, it would have been highly, uh, it would have been, it would have been highly destructive for all of us. So altogether, we were like four pieces of a puzzle that did not go together. But as soon as my mom took us out of the situation, um, she and my brother's puzzle pieces fit together quite well. So they had there was some calm there. I was kind of a floating piece that was trying to find where I fit. Um, and I often tried to fit with my dad's piece so that my dad wouldn't feel alone because I had a lot of sympathy for him and empathy and I felt bad for him being alone. When I grew up, I understood why my mom left my dad. It was very obvious. Um, but at the time as a little child, all I could think is my dad is alone and I was sad for him. So, um, so yeah, it, it's a little different dynamic, but, but truly, even as a teenager, I started to go, oh, wow, I am so grateful that my mom left my dad. I didn't, res I, there was a few years where I resented her and I couldn't understand why she didn't make it work. And she never told us, she never would say it was this situation or this situation, this happened. She never gave us the full information. She would always say, you'll understand when you're older. And so I would wait a year or two and I was like, so what happened? And then she wouldn't say. And it wasn't until I was about in my late teens that she started to tell me from her perspective what happened. And I understood because I could see that, I could see my dad's behaviors better. I could see a different perspective of it. And um, as a result, we became more like a team in our family. So uh, my mom was working a lot of jobs. My brother and I ended up doing a lot of things to try and help out. Like I would try and help clean the house and I became a little crazy OCD about it in a way. Um, so I wanted to do an extra good job, which was nutty. I don't have that issue anymore. I'm glad because I'd be freaking out right now looking at some of the papers on my desk, but I'm okay with that now. So we, we can absolutely have a choice whether we end up becoming super self-destructive or not. And I think one of the things that if you are going through this and you're thinking this is going to destroy your children, as long as you love your children, support them, answer their questions to the best that they can actually hear them at the time. Um, and let them know that no matter what, you know, both of you love them. Try not to pit each other against each other because that one's terrible for kids. It's really hard um, to be in the situation where, where you don't know what to say or who to be around. And you, you actually start to learn how to morph yourself a lot just to try and please people. 
So I find that a lot of kids who come from a divorced relationship tend to be quite people pleasers because they're just trying to find what parent actually like loves them the most or loves them at all. Because it, it can be a confusing thing, especially when parents, um, my daughter has some friends that, you know, have been told by their parents that they're the reason for the divorce. I'm like, wow, that's actually bullshit. So let your friend know that it was up to the parents to figure this out, not the kid. The kid had nothing to do with this. And if the parents say that it has to do with the kid, they're just irresponsible. So yeah, some people are just cruel like that and they lash out and they say stuff that's not kind. So there are some interesting stats on divorce as well that uh, women who have at least one close friend or family member who has gone through a divorce are at least 75% more likely to get a divorce. So it's like the more people can see that they have a chance, take that chance. So when my mom moved out to this area, she moved out here in 1997, 1998. Um, my mom started a business out where we live and there were a lot of people who were living out here who were in very sad uh, situations in marriages. They were just in them because they felt obligated. It was something going on religiously. Maybe they were, you know, it was one of the, we have a lot of Christians out here who are part of uh, different things like they're Baptists and they're, um, and we have a whole gamut of Christians out here. And a lot of them will stay in marriages even when they're not functioning. And I know that's true for a lot of other religions as well, because they are afraid that God will spite them because marriage is sacred and you don't leave that. But anyhow, on that side note, um, so when my mom moved out to this area, she had people coming to her for body work and a lot of people were feeling quite good. And quite a few women started leaving their husbands. After asking my mom, how do you live on your own? And my mom's like, it's like, great. I love living on my own. I don't have to like, ask anybody when they want to eat. I don't have to do this. And my mom loves freedom of not having a relationship. She, you know, if she wanted to be in one, she could be, she's had many people ask her to be in a relationship with them. Strangely and strangely, they seem to all die after two or three years. But anyway, so uh, she doesn't really like, uh, uh, I mean, she's gone on random dates, but um, it's not been her thing for about 20 years now. She's just really like enjoying her own life and her own space loves her own space and loves um, not having to check in with anybody ever. So if you're the kind of person who loves that and just wants to just like not have to answer anybody, that is a possibility. And you know that if you're feeling like you can't leave because of kids, my mom did and it totally was beneficial for all of us. So you can ask some questions like, what would my life be like if I choose to leave? What would my life be like and my kids' life be like in like five years or 25 years if I leave? And if things feel brighter and lighter, that's where you head. And if things feel darker and heavier, then that's not where you head. But if you are staying, you absolutely need to change the dynamic. So you either need to go for therapy, counseling, or connect with me and get some coaching. So there are, again, you can connect with me through Milica Jelinek.com, M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. 
you're going to need to change some stuff if you're going to stick around. We have a lot of other on Inspired Choices Network. We have a lot of other coaches as well. So if I don't resonate with you for coaching, but somebody else does, check out the gamut. We have a lot of people who are really fabulous coaches and uh, would absolutely be able to assist you with getting through your relationship and moving forward. So you have to see in this relationship what is what are you staying around for and are you staying for the kids are you staying because of the money are you staying for religious reasons are you staying because the connections like maybe you have shared friends maybe you have shared fam like you've adopted their family as your family um and they're the only family you know because maybe you don't have any family where you live or you're not you know, you haven't been close to your side of the family for so long that you just don't know them anymore. So you've adopted your whole life has become a life that is shared with your partner. That can be incredibly tricky to leave because that's your whole life. You'd be walking away from everything. In circumstances like that, I highly encourage you to go seek out new friends. It's like Star Trek, seek out new life and new civilizations. Boldly go where no man has gone before. I encourage that boldly go because so many times we'll just get stuck in a rut and think these are our friends these are our only friends but you can go out there are a lot of things now especially now that covid um some of the lockdown stuff is clearing up and we've got well who knows what's going to come back but we've got some more freedoms to of movement in the world again so things like meetup.com which is around the world you can go on there and you can find different things that you might like say you're into photography you can find a group of photographers that you can go and do walkabouts with and do photography say you're into cooking you can go to cooking classes i know that in uh, toronto ontario canada there is a group of cuddlers so if you're looking for affection even and you haven't had any in a long time i don't know how and if they're still operating uh with any covid regulations but um they pre-covid they were a fabulous source for touch and there are different groups like that that are absolutely open to things like um, sensuality. There's uh, human sexuality groups as well in most uh, cities. So you can find resources outside uh, that you can start developing some connections, some new networks of people so that you don't feel so alone. We're going to talk about some more solutions when we come back and some more issues that might be plaguing your relationship. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich 
is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Today we are talking about, I can't leave my marriage, and all the excuses that people come up with about why they can't and why they won't. So we've talked about finances and how you can, you know, I give you the really simple task of going out and getting your own account, or even stashing the money away like my grandma did. She, I don't know if she had an account for it or if she just stashed it, but she had the money that she could go to Europe, right? So if you didn't hear that story at the beginning, go back and listen. It's, it's a pretty fun and funny story. Um, with that as well, she ended up being able to do a lot of other things financially. She owned quite a few properties at the time as well. She bought properties during the Great Depression because she was so wise about finances uh, and they did have, she did have a lot of profit. None of us actually knew the level of, uh, of what she was doing in terms of properties and things until she died. Um, none of us actually maybe one of her uh, sons knew about it because maybe he was helping her with it, but it wasn't like well-known that my grandmother had uh, invested so as much as she had while she was young. So good times. Money is a great reason to not leave your relationship. Definitely stay in it just because you are worried about that. <laughs> no, don't stay in it because you're worried about it. There are ways out, especially if you really truly want out. So you got to check too. Do I truly want out of this relationship or do I just want this other person to do exactly what I want them to do, how I want them to do it? Like, are you being controlling? Because you might be. Um, so sometimes I'll have people say they want to leave, but that's not actually it. It's that they truly just want to be the controller to have the person do exactly what they want, when they want and how they want. Um, and vice versa, that the other person wants them to do what they want, how they want, when they want. So there's a control dynamic that takes place, which that those kind of dynamics require usually some mediation from either a counselor or mediator, uh, coach, anything like that, therapist. So find somebody that will work for you and work with you. 
if you like me and you'd like to have a chat with me, you can connect with me through malikzajelenik.com, M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. Go down to my book now link and book some time with me and we can figure out whether I'm a fit for you. So book uh, like a 15 minute freebie if you want to find out if I'm a good fit. All right. So one of the other reasons why people stick around, uh, even when they don't really know why they're sticking around, but they kind of know why they're sticking around is that they have hope, so much hope. Things are going to get better. I know it. They have to get better. And you get glimpses of things like you're like, oh, this was a good day. So I know that in the last relationship that I was in and out and in and out of uh, so my daughter's biological dad that was a weird thing I mean it's a relationship but was it like it was weird so um, that had a lot of moments of hope um, and, and it, it is to me a fine example of what I'll be talking about here which is like get, getting intermittent rewards in the relationship so that you end up feeling hopeful so this uh, comes from an article that I was looking at I think on Healthline and they discussed this as a, a method of training animals. So we're going to look at this. So um, I'm going to I'm going to kind of give you the gist of this uh, report. So in laboratory settings, when scientists are training animals, they do something called rewarding behaviors to try and increase a behavior or see if a behavior will go away. Um, I'm sure you've heard of this, like Pavlovian. It's a Pavlovian method, right? You reward the dog, you see how they react, you ring the bell, do they go for the food, uh, all that sort of things, right? So same idea. So in, the, in this idea, we're gonna look at um, a whole concept of trying to get rats through a maze. So if you have a bunch of rats at the opening of a door um, and on the other side of the door, there's food. And every time the door opens, the food appears, then the rat, and if the rat has to say ding a bell, then the door will open and then they get the food. Usually there's like an action that they have to take. There's a reaction and then there's a reward. So the rat will ding the bell, the door will open, they get the food and they do this repeatedly. So they always know I ding the bell, I get the food. I ding the bell, I get the food. They, they know the reward will happen, right? So the really target is the reward. Now, if every once in a while, you go, they ding the bell, they open the door, there's no food. Then they might go, oh, okay, there's no food. If you've done it, um, if you do it consistently, consistently, and then you go no food, the animal usually goes, oh, there's no food left or there's no reward left. But if you train them intermittently, like they ding the bell, they open the door, there's food. And then the next time they ding the bell, they open the door, there's no food. Then the rat will have, we'll say hope for lack of a better word. They'll keep searching for the reward. So the rat will keep going, ding the bell, open the door. Is there a reward? No, but they'll keep on trying to find the reward, which is different than when you've had a consistent behavior and then it stops out of nowhere then you tend to not look for, for that behavior as much anymore because you're like, you assume that the reward is gone. So for example, in relationships, if, if uh, every time you're cooking a meal uh, or every time you uh, say you come home, your spouse has cooked a meal, then you're like, oh, I go to work, I come home, open the door, there's my reward, right? And then one day you don't, you might be like, hey, what happened? what's going on? Is there something changed? Like what changed? 
Um, and you might think that that was done, but if you intermittently do it, where you're like, oh, I'll give, I'll do a little bit here and then I'll see. I'll, next time I won't do it the same way or I won't have the same, um, I won't make the food when the person comes home or whatever. So the intermittentness of it, where you don't know when you're going to get the reward, leaves people with hope. And this happens in relationships quite a lot. And this is when people look back and they go to the happy times and like, oh, we were still in love when um, blah, blah, blah. Instead of looking at now, like, where are we at right now? What's going on right now? Is there anything that needs to be improved upon? I'm a, such a big fan of looking at relationships as if they are business transactions and as if they are, because they are, I mean, we're investing in our lives and their skills that we require for these things. There's this really no different than a job. Well, jobs, uh, an illegal word, but there's no different than work having a career. So how do we have relationships uh, that we can have that when you, if you start to notice the intermittentness or you start to notice you've gone to hope rather than looking at like, Hey, wait a second. I'm having this intermittent reward system going on. I don't know if I'm how I feel about that. Um, but if you're okay with the intermittent reward, because ultimately you feel like in the end, there's going to be, um, you know, rewards more often, say, for example, your partner's away, um, maybe they've been deployed or something and you randomly get messages from them. That's like your reward. And you're like, oh, there they are. And like there's relief, um, that they're there. So that's like the reward. But then when they finally get to be home and they're on leave and you get to see them, then you get to see them all the time. I'm using deployed as uh, an extreme example, but it can feel the same because people can be physically not present. They can be emotionally, spiritually, they can be not present in a lot of ways and it can feel like they're gone in a way somewhere. But when they do come back um, and they are present with you, as long as they are really present with you, and that's what you were hoping for. That was your reward that you were hoping for. And they can be consistent with that. Then that's great. And you can always have the conversation because, you know, I love communication. Always have the conversation about like when the reward comes up, say, I, I'm really grateful that you did A, B and C and D. Thank you so much for making my meal or whatever it happens to be. Thank you so much for not dying in war and you were deployed. Thank you so much for coming home. <laughs> you know, there you can be grateful for that as well. And it helps them to go, that helps reinforce for them that behavior too. So then they're gonna go, I can do that more. And then you're doing positive reinforcement for each other, which becomes really kind rather than what usually happens is arguments, bitterness, pettiness, uh, picking at, and all this other stuff. Like, you don't do this anymore. Yeah, because I was doing intermittent training with you. <laughs> but but um, yeah, but also when it's like you've had a consistent behavior and then it just stops completely, uh, then, then that's usually an indicator that something is definitely changed or off in the relationship. So there needs to be if, if the relationship is something that you value and it's something that your partner values and you would like to invest in it, then it's time to do some mediation, negotiation, um, have communication and be able to, and having somebody else involved that's a neutral party is very helpful. So having the mediator, the therapist, the relationship coach, the you know counselor, any of that, um, super valuable and helpful. So check in on yourself in your relationship. Do you feel like you have... Uh, do you have hope and is that because of intermittent 
reward? Or do you have hope because truly maybe somebody's away or really sick or in a situation that you, you're having hope because it keeps you sane? And if the hope keeps you sane, keep choosing it because we all need sanity. So yeah, actually, I wanted to mention a few more things about um, from the first segment about money is because sometimes as people are worried about the money itself, like how much money do we have that we can split? But then also, I've also heard people talk about how divorce is so expensive. I don't want to give the 30,000 to the lawyers. So that was actually something that came up uh, with a client last year that I was working with that the, the couple was like frustrated with uh, how much money the lawyers were going to get. And so they were trying to mediate uh, themselves, which can be fine as long as both partners are a bully or boss the other, which can often happen as well. So having a mediator though can be helpful, maybe cheaper than having a lawyer. So getting the mediators in to figure out what needs to take place. So yeah, I mentioned the money, the children, the fear in general, like some people don't leave because they're just really afraid. And this is a whole other level. Like this is, um, I can't leave because of abuse. And so part of it for me in the last, uh, whatever that was relationship, something or other with my kid's biological dad, I did actually have a fear of violence because he was violent and I've been violently, um, attacked a few times by him um, and he had threatened several people that I know so he actually should have been put away but uh, he's not so um, yeah I was just hoping he would leave the country and never come back but he did so there you go so the fear factor is huge and it can be uh, it can be emotionally exhausting spiritually draining uh, physically just on edge all the time. So your adrenals are constantly on edge. It literally took my body six months after he left. Thank God he left. And it took me having money saved to pay him to leave. So whatever it takes, I say, do it. So I, it took my body about six months till I could actually relax. Um, but every once in a while, I get an interesting reaction in my body that is like, uh, a reminder of, of the abuse. So I, uh, I do like to keep myself aware of that so that I don't hold, uh, hold that in my body and I don't hold traumas in my body around that. So yeah, we're going to talk more about the fear, uh, some of the fears other than the money, the children, the just general fear for your safety when we come back from this uh, next commercial. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. I will... I was just on break thinking about, um, I had a little laugh because uh, my nose is making me laugh right now. Um, So there you go. Uh, It's making me laugh because it's like when I get on video, all of a sudden that's when my nose decides to itch because that's sexy. And so, yeah, it looks like I'm like, I don't know. That was a noise for you guys too. So I hope you enjoyed my little piggy sound. All right. So that was... uh, little comedy break for the intense part of fear coming up uh, in this this segment. Um, I wanted to mention like fear is a really big factor why people don't leave. And generally it's like, there's been so much abuse that people have been convinced that they're not good enough to even have the strength to leave. And, you know, for me, it actually took somebody seeing it in me to see that I um, had value for me to go, oh, wait a second, so maybe I'm not the useless loser, uh, crap at sex, blah, blah, like all these things that my, um, that other person, I don't even want to call him my ex, I don't want to own him, Um, that person that I was in and out of my life with randomly, I don't even know what we'll call it, uh, the influence, we'll call him the influence. So the influence was a very interesting character. And I don't think uh, I really... I really knew uh, how to like rescue myself. So having having this uh, really cool dude who's now my husband show up and just say to me one day uh, in an email, because he was my construction uh, guy at the time, saying in an email that um, he was really tired of watching this person abuse me. That actually flew my eyes open because he was the first person to admittedly say it to me. Um, Other people would say, that guy's such a jackass. And I was like, yeah, I know. I can deal with jackasses. But when my husband said that he could not, my now husband said, uh, I really can't stand looking at this guy always being so uh, awful to you. I was like, oh, oh man. Oh man, that um, that is what it is. That is what people can actually see. It was his his uh, willingness to tell me the truth on that that made me go, oh, I can't hide this because I really thought I was doing a fine job hiding how crappy it was. <laughs> but um, I really wasn't like everybody knew he was a jerk. Everybody knew he was unkind to me, but nobody put it in those words. And it was his words that opened my eyes and went. And he actually said to me in the letter, whether it's with me or you, whether it's with me or it's with somebody else, I just would really like for you to get out of that relationship and be with somebody who's going to be nice to you. Um, and I was like, well, how do you say no to a guy like that? I already had a crush on him, mind you, because I watched him put up a wall in like five minutes, sexiest thing I ever saw in my life, better than any porn ever. And now I just randomly go out and watch him build things because it's so sexy. He's so freaking brilliant at it. So, so when um, when you when you are feeling really abused and when you are feeling like really down about yourself, 
it can be incredibly tricky. And sometimes you can't hear it from people. You can't even hear it from yourself, even though you know what's going on and you know internally that something is not okay. And people can try and love you and people can try and, you know, explain to you that that other person's a jackass. It doesn't really matter until, you know, there's sometimes just that glowing light that gives you, um, that gives you like a sense in the darkness of where to go. It gives you some kind of, um, not just hope, it actually gives you direction. And I think that's what I needed was direction. And that's what um, I got. My husband gave me direction with that light bulb going off and um, gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback that helped me realize I wasn't a pile of shit. So, so, and it was never like super direct compliments, but sometimes it was, especially regarding my butt, because this is like his favorite, but uh, the, just like helping to, for me to realize like, I'm not a pile of shit. Wow. Cause it, when you are in a relationship for a really long time and you've been convinced that you are, it can be a job to get yourself. It can be the, a lot of effort and a lot of work to get yourself back on track. Um, and sometimes you need that light bulb going off that helps you go, wait a second. Oh, I, oh, I can do this. Oh, I'm not the crap that I was told that I was fantastic such a relief so for those of you out there and you're feeling that it might not be me who can tell you that you uh, are good enough it might not be me who can say that to you it might be somebody else and it might be you hearing it in your own voice for the first time everybody has a different trigger that's going to turn this around it's not always the same for me i i needed to know that i couldn't hide it anymore um and for other people, it might be that they need to know that they see it in themselves. So I needed to know I couldn't hide it anymore and then I could see it in myself. Depends on what you need. Um, and I didn't know what I needed till it showed up. So I do want you to know though, if you are in an abusive situation, you don't have to put up with it. You really don't. And there's always a way to get out. But I highly recommend having the money, having the friends, and having different resources so that you can have, when you leave, you can have a new life um, because you can always leave a relationship or a marriage that doesn't work for you. You don't have to stay in one when people, um, when, you, when you feel like this is pits. And if you are in a relationship and you would really like it to work and your partner would really like it to work as well and you just don't have the resources and you feel like you're in overwhelm, connect with me. I'd be happy to work with you guys. Uh, we can do a 15 minute freebie. So connect with me through melitzajelenic.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. And we can, can find my book now link, book some time with me so that we can move past this. And I am happy to assist you going through that as well. So I hope that you find peace in your relationship, whether you choose to stay in it or not. Stay tuned in and turned on until next week. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.